Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Six guys streak naked. Oh. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. Well, what did you say? Uh, six guys streak naked. So that's, that's a preset button. That's not a preset button. Pre- uh, uh, pre- press it again and see what happens. What is it? Hold on, hold on. Let me just stop that. Six guys streak naked across the pitch. And Dave Flatman got so angry, oh, yeah. he literally killed this ah, one guy. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> and Dave, that's right. When we learnt Dave Flatman was a murderer. God. <laughs> he won't thank us for that, will he? No. <laughs> I mean, he, he might, may, maybe he's on TV and doing stuff because it, it got put down to kind of uh, involuntary manslaughter or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fine, fine. I assume that's the case. Must be. Uh, hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously here in the Rugby Dungeon, as we are, to make sure you have a rugby fix every single Monday morning, never take a week off, 52 weeks a year, nearly 10 years and counting. Really? I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. That's Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, and before we start, I, I just I feel it's really important that the rugby community at times like this comes together uh, to help each other out, to have each other's back. And I just want you to be really careful. There are hackers around. Oh, there. Who are hacking into random Twitter accounts and doing some unspeakable things. So just beware and be careful that you don't, you know, let anyone have your password or. Or maybe sure you- they guess it. Or maybe they guess it. Make sure you have a, a password that isn't password, just in case. <laughs> or World Cup chump. Yeah. <laughs> chump 2019. 3212. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number uh, one podcaster. Don't have that as your, yeah. as your Twitter password. Poor Razzy Erasmus getting hacked that is the way awful. he did. Awful. I mean, a heinous yeah. thing for someone to, to do, to hack him like that and retweet. and But only to do one thing and retweet one... It's a deliberately targeted attack, Tim. Yeah, it to is. To be fair, though, if you did hack someone's Twitter, right, <laughs> and you just want to call this mischief, not, not malice, mischief, that's probably one of the things that you would do, is it not? <laughs> would, you also not would you also not, like, change the password? No, because I guess you want, you don't want to you don't want to cause them everlasting damage. And also, if you change the password, that is proof that he had been hacked. You just want to retweet something and go. What, you suggesting Razzy Erasmus wasn't a hack, JB? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I think everybody believes 100% that Razzy Erasmus was hacked and didn't accidentally retweet some... Uh, there is a pattern some, coming out, some though, isn't N- there? NSFW material. Well, uh, there is... 
a theme coming from Razzy Rasmus, which is he, he does exactly as he wants all of the time. <laughs> he does, yes. <laughs> no one tells Razzy Rasmus what to do. And he never says sorry. He never says, good, well, good No, him. but he does like playing the victim mentality. He does. As we found out. Um, in both, was it the first and second round of? Um, it was the first round, which was the big court case, and then his subsequent uh, interview with the Mail. I think it was. Yeah. Always he- a victim, never say sorry. Two great attributes. <laughs> <laughs> it would uh, it, if that, if Eddie Jones had accidentally done that, uh, or. Or, sorry, if Eddie Jones had been hacked, hacked, and someone had done accidentally that, accidentally hacked, he didn't mean to be hacked. So yeah. you are right. Yeah, if true. Any, but, but people would have had him for that. <laughs> yeah, Razzie is Teflon, isn't he? He is. But, uh, he can. Uh, do, he can do what he wants. He can do what he wants. It was. It was quite funny how long the. No, sorry, I, <laughs> the, the offending Careful. tweet was, was up there. Was up there for so to speak. Yes, <laughs> Razzie. Well, I have seen another rugby player get himself in hot water like this when. when Scrolling through Twitter, I will not mention his name, but he liked something which he definitely should so have liked. So easily done with those little screens and your big rugby player thumbs. People, so easily done. People have said to, to me, JB, I can't believe that you've liked that thing. And I, what thing? Oh my god, that that thing. Now, luckily, mine was a political opinion. When you're just than, scrolling through, it's, mine it's actually death easy scrolling. to do. It is, yeah, absolutely, mm, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So he was <laughs> just looking through, scrolling. No, it was a hack. It's a hack. It's a hack. It's a hack. It's a hack. <laughs> what Razzy Erasmus does in his in his own private time is none of my business. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, absolutely. Well, something I do in my private time is absolutely your business. North Dorset sevens and tens. Oh, we are we're a month assembling. away now. Yeah, we're assembling an epic team. Uh, an Two epic teams. I, my problem, my my worry is. Much like Leinster, will be too powerful and then get punched in the face right at the end because we haven't had any <laughs> real competition all to- all tournaments. But if you want to join the Leinster of veterans rugby, get in touch. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com and Captain Lee will get in touch with you. Over 35 for the Vets tournament on Friday, the 8th of July at Gillingham or North Dorset. Is it rugby on the 9th and 10th of July? Yeah, but the, 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 no, I think it's 8th, 8th and 9th. Ah, I think the, fri- yeah. the Friday is the eighth. Yeah, so Friday the eighth in the evening at uh, North Dorset Rugby Club, just outside Gillingham in Dorset, and we've got a vets team, so over thirty fives. And on the Saturday, we've got a social team. Although, I mean, yeah, that's you know, yeah, we'll see. We got some, we got some class. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, entries welcome. Contact chases at gmail dot com. Uh, can I just? Can you just? Move that uh, little um, pop pop shield out of the way. I just want to see if there's, the way. there's like a slight buzz. There you go. Phil, Phil can you just sort of like yeah, it'll be Phil. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, mm. lovely. I think, oh, I think it was me. Better. Sorry, Tim. No, that's good. That's good. Well, you weren't to know. Um, right, so here we are. We've got uh, the 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 final round of top fourteen rugby matches is going on right now. We had the final round of Premiership matches yesterday, and the first round in the playoffs of the Ultimate Rugby Fighting Championship. Hmm. Mm. Where do you want to start? Well, I've not seen anything other than Premiership. Okay, which well, that's fine. Uh, we'll although, Premiership. I do understand that the URC this weekend has been magnificent. Dep- depends on the game. So, there was... Well, it was all magnificent, but um, some more magnificent than others. So, if you were a fan of um, Scottish rugby, yeah. not so magnificent. Ed- Edinburgh went away to uh, Cape Town, which is a lovely place to go. And lost valiantly 
2817 to the Stormers. As we planned that they would do. They want to stay there on holiday. In fact, it's worth checking. Uh, What was it? Edinburgh, wasn't it? Yeah. Edinburgh, yeah. Check Edinburgh players' Instagram accounts over the next few days. I bet you they're not back in Scotland. No. Uh, This is a very, very sensible decision by Edinburgh. But is it not winter in South Africa now? Yeah, yeah but Cape Town is... So Western Cape is one of the most um, the temperate vi- climates yeah. on the planet. The vineyards are still open. Oh, yeah, it would be a beautiful time of year to go. Be, where did you go? February? I, think I went February. April, uh, March, April, so autumn, and it was lovely. It's probably mm. a good time to do a safari as well. It's like slightly oh, quieter. Yeah, it'd be a lovely time of year to go to South Africa right Scott now. Baldwin went on a safari once. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. So uh, yeah, enjoy your holiday, Edinburgh. But yeah, they got pumped and um, well, they they got they lost no, valiantly. Twenty eight seventeen, Glasgow. However, Glasgow know how Northampton feel. Uh, which happened several times every time that Saracens over the last few years the, the good Saracens the best Saracens team um, somewhat enhanced Saracens team but the best Saracens team every time they lost they used to put 70 points on Northampton um, coincidentally it seemed yes. and Leinster after their crushing defeat in the last minute against La Rochelle put 76 points on Glasgow in knockout rugby in championship rugby which is astonishing it, it is actually astonishing. Yeah, that, that shouldn't happen, should it? That shouldn't happen. In so you've got the the top eight teams in the league who have gone through. So Glasgow are one of the top eight teams, although I think they qualified bottom of the the top eight. But even still, that should never happen. Yeah, I think that when your country has only two teams, the two teams that you have because you concentrated your national team predominantly in both of them should be more competitive than that. That would be my view, at least. Yes. Yeah, it, it should be. I mean, it seems like something has gone wrong. I, I don't want to read into too much because I don't know enough about Glasgow, but t- to capitulate in that manner, yeah. it, in, in knockout rugby, I mean, they, they wouldn't have been going in, going over to Dublin expecting to win, but to get 76 yeah, points put on you in a quarter final is not good. Well, no. and, and you and you when it's that at that level at this stage of the competition you can't just put that down to Lentz to be an outstanding that has got to be Glasgow being dreadful. Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit of both. Yeah. But yeah, it's probably Oh yeah, yeah, because both, certainly. Leinster did change change a few faces as well. They rested a few people <laughs> which is Jesus. which is ominous yeah, yeah. for the rest of the well, What are they resting for? European Cup final for next year. Uh, well, the, the the subsequent weeks uh, as in the semi-finals and the finals. Yeah. So for for that you've got the next two weekends um we have uh duh, duh, duh. let's have a quick look at the fixtures so we've got stormers versus ulster which is next uh saturday so ulster have to travel to cape town and next friday we've got leinster hosting the bulls leinster wow that's, that's a rough one for ulster to do on a one week turnaround it is that's brutal so they will i mean they will have known they will have yeah. known going into it that that was the plan but it is it's pretty tough to then fly to Cape Town and then if you're successful, if you manage to overcome uh, the journey, the jet you won't get jet lag, but it's just the, the fatigue of travelling for nearly 24 I hours do. and getting back, you've got probably a Leinster team <laughs> to play. The problem with the URC, and there's many problems, but it's not as if any of these teams are Harlequins. And what I mean by that is, if you're Harlequins, you hop on a plane, you get a direct flight from one of the major London airports mm. and you get to Cape Town. Do they do Dublin to Cape Town? 
I wouldn't have thought so. Do they do Belfast to Cape Town? Highly unlikely. Dragons to Cape Town. So wherever, basically, other than other than London, I would imagine from the UK, you're um, going either via London or Istanbul, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, or yeah, or worse, you'd want to go for to keep it the shortest um, time zone. You'd want to go to Paris or Madrid or Amsterdam or somewhere somewhere like that. That's yeah. basically in a straight line. When it, when uh, I went to South Africa because I had time available and not much money I went via Dubai which was like a 20 plus hour flight yeah it's a, it's a nightmare I've been I've done it via France and done it via sorry via Istanbul but if you're giving from even Ad, uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow it doesn't strike well, me as that, it, that easy it does depend if they I mean could they charter a plane they might yeah, have to yeah, so, well, the, the, the fastest I'm looking at uh, let me look at the fastest the fastest way to get from Belfast to Cape Town 16 hours, 25 minutes. Yeah. Where's that via? That via like look. Dusseldorf. is via... Charles de Gaulle. View details via Heathrow. Heathrow, yeah. Yeah. And you'll still have at least an hour turnaround, probably more in Heathrow. Yeah, it's, it's, 11 and a, it's an 11 and a half hour flight from Heathrow. From Heathrow, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Cracking logistics chat, this. So, that, so that, that's tough for Ulster. So, but Ulster did put in the, the, the game that I paid attention to. Um, in the URC, yeah. Ulster did put in a very good shift, very good performance against they beat Munster. Against Munster. They? Yeah, they beat, pumped Munster. Beat Munster at home. Munster um, made it interesting, kind of late on, uh, by scoring a, a couple of tries late on. But Munster looked, sorry, Ulster looked great. The first, the first more try and the Timoney try were absolutely superb like, um, like both line-up moves yeah. where they created the space in the midfield with the blindside winger coming round um, and they look really really good I did notice some chatter on Twitter about James Hume having a very good game Hume. he's had a fantastic season and, fi- and Phil yeah. to be fair to him has been talking him up for quite a while and then I saw him a couple of times this year in the European Cup and was like oh my goodness this kid's he, he's awesome he's a serious player yeah. and he, he's 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 maybe not quite as uh, out and out fast as someone like Ringrose, but he's got a lovely outside break. He's got great hands. He's really good defensively. He can put in a proper hit. Got some good centres, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And they're playing like the centre pairing. Him and McCloskey were up against, well, one of the biggest centre pairings in the world in Dealand. Farrell, Farrell, Chris Farrell, which is huge. Both well over a hundred kg. And uh, McCloskey, who is a big boy himself, but Hume, who's also very good defensively, handled them. I don't know why I think this, uh, but I always think of Ulster as one of the more professional teams in all of rugby. And it's not because they are out and out really good, it's more because I think they play close or near close to their potential. I, I, I think, think that's, I think that's right. Yeah. They get, they, and it's, I, I think for quite a long time, so since I've been following Ulster, which is coming up for 10 years nine nine plus years um they had some they had some talented players but maybe the coaches didn't always get the best out of them yeah whereas McFarlane now and I don't I, I watched his press conference ahead of this game kind of late in the week on a Thursday or Friday and he just he he doesn't strike me as being incredibly awe-inspiring or like he's obviously passionate, but he's not someone who will be like rousing the troops with incredible tales and like really like banging the chest and getting everyone fired up. But he's obviously just such an astute operator because of the way they play, because their their set piece is excellent and they, they eke every ounce of potential out of their their set piece. Their backline, I mentioned those two um 
two rapier sharp backline moves off lineouts to score two really good tries against a very good, very well drilled um, Munster team. That is really, really impressive. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that Ulster are going to win the tournament, but they do get as much as you possibly can out of that squad. I, I think they, he really does, McFarlane. He, he needs to take a lot of credit. I think the other takeaway um, from what we've just talked about briefly with the trip that Ulster have got to South Africa is it, it sort of dovetails a little bit with the confirmation that South African teams will be in the European Cup. And I think mm. the relevant point here is the the fans. I, I understand, we, and we don't yeah. need to go over all grounds. We already talked about this last week about you know the money and the we need money in the game, etc. But mm-hmm. if, if it's difficult for teams to logistically get themselves there, like imagine having a week's turnaround. Go right, oh yeah, I'm an Ulster fan. I've been to every every game this season. Uh, yeah, Cape Town. See you later. Yeah, that that is a very good point because some of the away days in Europe. I mean, it, it's brilliant. The, the furthest trip prior to this is well, going to uh, Treviso, Benetton. Which is yeah in the Challenge Cup, occasionally going out to uh, Siberia. Yes, yeah, yeah which we have yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I think far fewer fans would would bother yeah. with that one. But yeah, in the general um, Champions Cup, Heineken Champions Cup, yeah, um, you are normally within an hour and a half, which means you get some incredible spectacles of the travelling fans um, going all round the oh well, the, the teams that the countries that that kind of count. But you, you are going to lose that, De- definitely. You might happen to have a few people. There might be a couple of Leinster fans in uh, in Cape Town or Durban or Pretoria yeah, or Joburg. Yeah, probably all running balls. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I, it is a shame that... I mean, get, uh, this is the URC problem, isn't it? That it's very hard for away fans to do anything. I mean, it's very hard for you know uh, Glasgow fans to get to Munster or Hurley fans to get to... Edinburgh, or just everything is a bit tricky. This is going to be more so. But at least with those sets of fans, they're dealing currencies which are broadly similar. I mean, if you think it's hard to get, you know, from... Not that they'd ever make it to the playoffs, of course. Um, But, you know, if you think it's hard to get from, like, Ospreys to Glasgow, um, imagine having to spend your rands going from... (laughs) Cape Town to Glasgow. I mean, it's just so expensive for South Africans to watch their own team. When, when I first went to South Africa, it was seven rand to the pound. Then I think it was, was there last time it was 17. I think it's yeah, more like it was 19 now. Yeah, it was, when we were there at a similar time, yeah, it was 17, 18, 19 rand to the pound. Yeah. I don't actually know what it is right now. So I think the I mean, flights, the pound's not the strongest at the moment. No, but of course, you don't know where your team's going to play. So if... The Stormers happen to be at, I don't know, Edinburgh. I wouldn't be surprised if the plane ticket alone is a grand and a half. And then, you know, add the uh, bedrooms and whatnot and then the tickets. Before you know, there is just, it's an eye-watering amount of money for South African fans to go and watch their team. Well, fortunately, there are lots of South Africans living and working in the UK. Yes. Um, plenty, I'm, I'm working with several in London at the moment. So there'll be, there will be... There will be some good South African support over in the UK and, and Ireland That's and true. France um, and Italy, uh, potentially, but less so the other way around, harder the other way around. Really hard. Yeah. Uh, what does anyone think? I know this has been rehashed and we've probably not finished speaking about the URC just yet, although I have. <laughs> what do you think of the uproar which greeted the news of the South African teams joining Europe this week? Um, well, we, we we touched on it last week. Um, 
I don't, as, as we said before, I don't actually mind it and understand the financial side, but it's the... Uh, Tim, Tim's point is right, the one that we've just spoken about for the last few minutes. The, the fans, that is the hardest bit of it, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think there's anything more really to add that from from last week. The reaction was interesting and a little bit dramatic as usual, but broadly <laughs> speaking, some pretty fair points. I, I'm, uh, it's one of those where... You know how we've spoken about the um, constant changing of world rugby rules or lo- sorry yeah. laws laws of the game. Um, you just need to stop changing so that everything can settle, everyone can get used to it, and you can actually build some some history and some consistency. Super rugby I, syndrome. I think that applies to this absolutely. If, if this changes again in four years' time or three years' time, Throw it'll be an bin. absolute farce. Throw it in the bin. If this is now the the uh, model going forward and in 30 years time we're looking at a tournament where um, Leinster and the Bulls have had um, they've met 10 times over the last 30 years they're always a ding dong battle Leinster have been smashed up in Pretoria then I will be I'll be very interested very happy with the way it's panned yeah. out the, what they need I was on Twitter t- today reading a few comments and what they need is the hatred that Saracens fans feel towards Tony Rowe and the extra fans feel towards Saracens in general. Not because it's necessarily healthy, it's not, but it does make for a damn good rivalry. So so what you're saying is we could get... So the hatred, I'm thinking of the most... The most hatred from one team to another is probably Spain versus Romania. Spain versus Romania would be great in the European... Yes. So... Because um, there is some more news on that. I don't know if you've been following that. No, but if, we, I have if not. we could get the script writers from the Spain Romania <laughs> storyline that's been bubbling under the surface for the last uh, what, three years, four years now, since the um, qualification for the 2019 World Cup, and here we are now, qualification, uh, still uncertain qualification for the 2023 World Cup. That would be wonderful. Wouldn't it just? So have you, have you been following this storyline? No, please tell, please tell me more. So, um, Tim, you, you gave me a little nod, so if, if I miss anything, please, yeah. please jump yeah, in. I'll sweep up, no worries. But, um, so Spain uh, qualified in second place mm-hmm. in Rugby Euro Championship, which I think was the, I think it's maybe the fourth out of the last five years that they've qualified in second. They've been consistently good over a long period of time. So they would have been going, would have been qualifying directly for the World Cup. However, there was an ineligibility problem with one of their South African-born props who... Um, so there were two parts to this. One, He had been outside the country for a longer period of time. However, there was a falsification on his passport that was not by the Federation of Spanish Rugby. I think they are. Um, it was by either him or the club, but it wasn't Spain. And because he played for Spain in two games, they were, they were docked... I think five points for each of those two games, which meant they fell out of the repechage. Um, I think it was Portugal jumped up into the second place, so automatically qualified, and Romania stepped up to the repechage. So Spain dropped two places, okay. Portugal up one, Romania at one. So that that was that was the story about a month ago. Spain then announced that um, they were going to appeal, and. One of the component parts, although not a crucial component part, of the case when the the report on the case came up was the fact there was they referred to a I think it was an Instagram or Twitter or Facebook post from him saying 
it kind of didn't feel like home as it or he referred to South Africa as home rather than Spain as home within the three year window yeah, prior this, this to his residency of, this was part of World Rugby's write up of of, yeah. uh, of docking Spain the points they referred to this Insta post yeah so someone someone Spanish although I'm not I don't know if it's been announced whether it was someone working in an official capacity for Spain has done an incredible amount of investigating of uh, eligibility on players who have played for the adjacent nations for the qualification process. Ooh, here and we go. They managed to have found a um, New Zealand-born Romanian, I think he was a back row, who uh, for a period of three months, so this, this was discovered from his wife's Facebook post Get in. in 2019 or 2020, um, that he spent three months outside of Romania, um, living on the Romania-Hungary border, and she said, "I can't believe we spent three months out, um, living here." And I think it's you've got to be you can kind of have been outside the country for a period of sixty days or more during your residency period, which obviously he has breached. However, there is then a statement. So it looks like Spain are going to appeal and they have found this evidence that Romania have also had issues. And if you remember back to 2019, one of the ways that um, World Rugby squared the circle was basically everyone apart from Russia got (laughs) fines for ineligible players to take out Romania and Spain and Belgium and everyone. So uh, not Spain, basically. Yeah, not so Russia were the next cab off the rank there. Now, in response to this, I've seen that the Romanian um, Federation have said it's all above board. It was all reported to World Rugby as part of the process for um, application for a visa to Romania, a, a um, full-time working visa. You must spend a period of um, 90 days as part of your application process. So he moved to the Hung- Hungarian-Romanian border for that period to comply with Romanian uh, official like, governmental um, process and that has already been um, sanctioned and signed off by World Rugby <sighs> but it's it's kind of highlight and, and the other side of it was um, there's something else there's a list of um, about half a dozen or more rugby players including James Lowe and Bundia Key and um, maybe Vandermeer, I can't remember exactly, Duan. Um, but other players who have switched allegiance and having interviews or Facebook posts or social media posts in the period of their residency qualification. Comparable. Saying something yeah. similar, like Bundyaki saying, I don't know where I'd call home, James Lowe saying I'd, I'd, it would feel weird to be Irish, that, that kind of thing. So they're trying to... And, and pro- understandably, from Spain's side, they are trying to get enough, enough Spain made evidence. The then. That's really, wow! No, I, I think we'll see how it all plays out. But it's it's a very the whole thing is a very murky and grey water. And I, I saw one one um, genius on Twitter saying, "Well, World Rugby should keep a list of all rugby players um, and their whereabouts at all times." But when you capture this, these boys, the, the South African and the um, New Zealand, the Kiwi, who have played for Spain and Romania, respectively. At that level of people who are kind of at that standard, you're probably talking like maybe 5,000 or 10,000 players on the planet I'm not that you'd funny, have to be right? tracking. I'm not, I'm not being funny. <clears throat> the players that you're talking about for Romania, I mean, they might be very good. They might be very, 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 very good. I don't know. 
I imagine a 25-year-old me and many of my teammates at level 7 could probably get into one of these international squads, or someone that I know in level 7 would be able to get into in or around these international squads with the right time and the right place. I think maybe close. I think, I, I think back to playing like level 2, level 3, mm. and I think there's a, quite a lot of boys there who would be... Definitely, but if you just if you just draw it at that width, say level two, three, and four, just just in England, you're talking a few thousand players. Probably yeah. when you when you drop down to that level, say the first four tiers, so that's uh, sixty teams. Well, I've basically the 30, 30, to, thirty to forty players, but that's two and a half two and a half thousand. Well, I, I think players. I think Malta for the longest time were playing boys almost exclusively from South Wales. And, yeah, and surprisingly, yeah. not I, from I the regions. With, I played with two two lads who have international honours from Malta. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Germany for the longest time would take the players from all yeah. over the place. Now R- Romania are a step above that, but they're not a million miles above that. No. So it's 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 very hard um, square to uh, to square. I, I'm obviously biased because we have our affection for Spain, and yes. this is the second World Cup in a row, and the, the yeah. sport in that country is growing. But I, I can't help feeling that this is a little world rugby are basically being like a referee blowing up a not straight line out when the opposition aren't competing. <coughs> the game that this guy played in, they pumped the other team. It made no difference whatsoever. Yeah. And the, the federation and all the other four, eight years of effort that's gone into this in that country um, is has, just been, has just been scuppered. And, and, and that could be disastrous. So I would have liked to have... I would have liked to have seen a little bit more nuance employed by World Rugby. They could find them. They could make you right. You've got to start the 2023 after the World Cup. You've got to start your next qualification campaign with a five-point docked. But this, yeah, it's taking away the World yeah, Cup spot again. Uh, do you know who I'd employ to go hunting for other teams' eligibility infringements? Dog the Bounty Hunter. Uh, him as well as part of the team. He's yes, why did anymore? What? Oh, what? When did he die? I, th- I think he's dead. Isn't he? Check I'm, that out, Phil. I've no idea. <laughs> I'm not so. about dog. The is it his bounty. wife's dead? I don't know. <laughs> oh no! I, I mean, they're both national treasures. Born? When was he born? Oh, God. Uh, about oh, that's wait, Dwayne Dog Chapman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Years active, uh, 1973 to present. Oh, oh no, bo- he's still born. alive. Oh, I'm sorry, dog. <laughs> dog, I'm sorry. Born 19, February the 2nd, 1953, age 69. His Wikipedia page does not have a death on there. It does have a, contra- a controversy section. I'll, I'll read, <laughs> read that at another time. Yeah. My favourite dog, the bounce into line, was when he arrests someone. And I don't know what this guy did. You know, child molester, rapist, something like that. Something absolutely horrendous. And he rocks up with his two henchmen. And he goes, do you have a brother? He goes, No. You've got three today. I like, just lock him up. <laughs> yeah, let's lock him up. <laughs> hey. oh, his, wife, his wife, his wife died. Oh, oh. Not him. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> the big jailhouse in the sky. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, the people that I would get to hunt out uh, other teams' indiscretions would be the Irish. Uh, the Irish eligibility eligibility scouts. Yes, now you're talking. Put them in reverse mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those guys are like truffle hounds. <laughs> so, oh dear. Did you ever listen to the Econ Talk Truffle Podcast? No. Very, very good. Very interesting. It, wait, which one? Uh, it was Econ Talk. Yep. Russ Roberts yep. on truffles. Oh no, uh, no, no! I didn't. Very interesting. Worth a listen. A few months old now. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's, that's yes. enough tangents. Uh, where were we? Prep. Any, any URC? Prep. Oh, well, before prep. So let's yeah, do yeah. 
a very brief, and it will be very brief, um, Super Rugby, because they also had the first round of their knockouts this weekend, which was uh, all New Zealand teams won. Uh, what? Cru- Crusaders beat Reds, Chiefs hammered uh, Waratahs, Blues admittedly beat the Highlanders, uh, except for Brumbies Hurricanes. My beloved Hurricanes travelled over to the Brumbies, and it was all going so well. Lenny Tau, red card, uh, the Brumbies outside centre received a red card for a high shot after 25 minutes. Br- Hurricanes are going to walk this. Yeah. Hurricanes go easy, in right? at half time, they're 25. Oh, sorry, just after half time, they got a penalty three minutes after half time. So they are 25 15 up. There's 35 minutes on the clock. Brumbies have got a man red carded for the whole of the rest of the game. And Brumbies go and score 20 unanswered points in the last half an hour to win 35-25. Now, that's quite a lot of points, isn't it? It is. It is. Nearly a point a minute with a man down for most of those minutes because uh, did Salisi Rayasi did get a yellow card with eight minutes to go. But that's a bit of a beatdown for my boys, unfortunately. Yeah, oh well. At least there's some, at least there's some Australian representation in the <coughs> rugby because otherwise... It'd be a bit farcical. Uh, there is, know. and that that is that two weekends on the bounce where the Brumbies have played in games where the winning team has had a player in, player off the field for um, three quarters of the game, and one was Moana Pacifica winning only their second game of Super Rugby against the Brumbies the week before, and this one was the Brumbies reversing it so they were worse with 15 players against the worst team well, last yeah. weekend we really want to be asking questions about the guy who got red carded um, yeah Icky Tau what, one thing I will mention on it though um, he's had a bloody brilliant season uh, Joshua I'm sure it's Joshua Morby uh, Josh Morby the fullback for Hurricanes who's pushed um, he's pushed Geordie Barrett into 12 Wow. Which is probably, um, I think it's, I did see an interview with Jordy Barrett saying he, he prefers 12 and wants to play 12, which probably suggests that's where he's more likely to get his uh, minutes for New Zealand I because wonder, they've got more depth at 15. I have no idea the answer to this, but I wonder who prompted that change because I think Jordy Barrett is a magnificent 15. He is a magnificent 15, but you're competing against, competing with D Mac and Bowden and others. Um, so he, he probably think, whereas twelve is a little bit more thin on the ground. So he probably figures he's got more of a shot at getting game time in a black jersey at twelve. But Josh Morby, who is twenty three, six two, just over a hundred kg, and lightning. Yeah, he looks ace at fifteen. Do you think when Jordy Barrett grows up, he wants to be just like Harry Malander? <laughs> he probably wants to earn Harry Malander Japan wedge. Yeah. If he can if he can sort that out. I hope Harry Malander comes back soon. Yeah. I hope it's rugby. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. I want him to play really well. Uh, George Cruz went out. I mean I'd love to have seen him come back for another year to maybe make a World Cup, but he went out a winner in Japan. Yep. Yeah. I I, I think um I would love to see Cruz at the next World Cup because he is good enough. Oh he's done. He's done. But he is very, no he is he, he's not, not yeah, playing, yeah. I think he is not going to do it. I would love to see it. And also, I don't think he's going to come back for the money which he could get. That's the more important point. No, particularly not because his um, other financial interests are doing very well. But there's there's no there's no cap space available. No, would, would you'd have you, to come back to play in France, and then he can't play for England. Yeah, exactly. So. Would you like to play for? I mean, James Haskell talks quite openly about playing at Northampton. He played there purely to get in the World Cup squad. Mm-hmm. Didn't manage it, but for less money in Northampton than when he was playing as a kid at Wasps. 
Yeah. So that's the sort of deal you'd be looking to pick up, just to try and have a crack at the World Cup, if you even want to play the World Cup. Yeah. Um, that's all I wanted to talk about, Super Rugby. Before we go into Prem, would you like to do a little quiz? Yeah, oh, go, go on, on then. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Excellent. Right, let me find this. We could, we could even split this. We could do a separate Prem podcast. <laughs> we, we could do. I mean, how, not, how far are we into I mean, this one? I'm not sure this week's games yeah. really deserve no. it, but we could do well. a preview for next week. That's, that's yeah, more, maybe next week's is more important. Contain all that because this has been Prem free, and I know a lot of our listeners. It's a big will be, introduction, we'll, isn't it, for we'll be going. our Premiership podcast? Yeah, thirty-four, thirty-five minutes. So I'm just counting up. So only five questions. Okay. okay. However, do, I need a no, do I need a little notepad? You do, you do need a little notepad. Okay. Put your airplane mode on. Notepad up. Yeah. Um, and I think there are uh, 24 points available for this. Ooh. 24 points, all of which belong to me. From five questions. <laughs> and we'll, we'll start easy and get uh, harder. Uh, easy, a bit harder, a bit harder, a bit harder, and then easy but made harder. Mm-hmm. So, okay. question number one, two points available. Okay. Um, name the halfbacks, starting halfbacks, who won Super Rugby... For the Brumbies in 2001. 2001. 2001. Easy. Okay. I think um, that almost seems too easy. Johnny Herbert. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Got it. Got two things down? Yep. Question number two. There are three hookers who have scored 10 or more tries in the Premiership this season. Who are they? Say again? There are three hookers who have scored ten or more tries in the Premiership this season. Who are they? One point for each. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a mm. very, very good question. Lots of hookers scoring lots of tries. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I'll come back to that, I think. Hmm. God, the problem is they... <laughs> We, hmm, okay, yes, all right, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Next question. Question number three. Andrew Mertens pl- oh, yeah. played for four non-New Zealand club sides, all of whom he played for below the top tier of club competition in their respective countries. Name those teams. Is it three extra? That's four. 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 So he played for four, and all four teams he played for them while they were at least at some point while they were outside of the the top tier of competition. 
That's a great question. Okay. Okay. And that, I think that I is, think I only know I think two that teams is, that he's in. That he yeah. played, other teams that he played for, but anyway. I think the first question I'd get, the second question I'd probably get two out of three. The third question I'd get one maybe. Mm. I'd definitely get one. That's a Johnny Herbert. That's a racing driver. Who <laughs> <laughs> was the Herbert that played for Australia? Hmm. And one and one for the Brumbies. Oh, never mind. Okay. Have you got four things down? Yes. Okay. Question number four. Three World Cup winners also won the 2010 Commonwealth Games Sevens in New Delhi, India. Who were they? Three World Cup winners. Three Rugby World Cup winners. Three Rugby World Cup winners also won the 2010 Commonwealth Games Sevens. Yeah. um, Rugby Sevens in New Delhi, India. So three players who won... 2010 Commonwealth Games that's and the, the World that's Cup. That's the one. Yes, and another one. God, they're just all coming back to me now. <laughs> Do you remember the tournament, I, the 2010 I tournament? I'm missing one, though. Uh, hmm, maybe that one. Yeah, I'm pretty confident with that. That's a, that's a great effort by, by me. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming the country... Don't remember. Okay. Final question, question number five, and this is a real thinker. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. There are twelve. So I have to phrase this question carefully. There are twelve non-premiership venues in England that have hosted rugby world cup games. Do you want me to ask that question Sorry, again? Yes, I do. So, there are 12 okay. English stadia that are not Premiership um, first choice stadia that have hosted Rugby World Cup games. So, these are English stadia that have hosted Rugby World Cup games that are not the primary grounds for Premiership teams. Now, this, because there's 12 of them, this is going to be negative marking. So oh you get God. a point if you get it right, you get minus one point if you get it wrong. What what, is, what an evil twist. <laughs> Only on this one, everything else is, is just normal marking. So 12 stadiums that are not Premiership first-choice stadiums. So, for example, Sandy Park has hosted World Cup games. Kingsholm has hosted World Cup games, but they are first-choice Premiership what, stadium. All time. All time in all World Cups. In all World Cups. Although the vast majority of these were in 2015. Hmm, 12 as well. 12. There's quite a few. Uh, okay. I'm smashing this. I'm really doing badly. <laughs> This this is a deliberately tough quiz. Uh, it's fun though. I don't really think it is now. <laughs> Not sure Looking forward to marking this. Uh, I'm missing one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think one, two, I'm just, I'm just three, guessing. four, five, six. I reckon I get six from the first four, 
and then I'd maybe get my my problem on the last question is I'd be scared of negative marking. So that's, that's so making cautious. me nervous. So cautious. Yeah. So I think I'd probably get four. I'd probably get that one, that one, that one, that one, and maybe guess one of the four or five on the last one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've written seven down, and I think five or six. I'm fairly confident of. Really? Right. Do you, uh, JB? Oh, are you no, are you happy with yours? No. no? A couple more for no particular reason. So they've got to be English. They've got to be stadium in England. So, for example, uh, if games were played at uh, the Millennium Stadium, that's not in England, so that would not count. Yep. I was just thinking what I would do if I was setting one up. I was doing it like regionally, <laughs> spreading it around. Mm, I'm going to. I'm going yeah, to stop at eight guesses. There is there's a, there's quite a good. I think regional spread on these. Ah. <laughs> that's a good way of approaching it. But there's there's also. Uh, one of the beauties of uh, England is there are so many stadiums yeah. capable of hosting 20, 30, 40,000 people. No, not that one. Uh, okay. Okay, I think I'm... Would you like any questions again? Would I like any questions again? Nope. I'm just thinking of players from that era of... <laughs> I'm missing a really obvious answer here. For which one? Number two. Number two. two oh, the nailed, hookers. Well, two nailed on. I'm two missing a really on. obvious one. I just can't really think it through, which is difficult. Okay. Um, we're going to say... Okay, let's let's get marking then. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, no, I'm only going to... I can only guess one New Zealand... Uh, well, I've just given the country away that I'm guessing, but... Um, <laughs> Okay. There's no negative marking on that, is there? Only negative marking on the final. Ne- negative, okay. ne- negatively mark it all. Go on. Negatively mark it all. That would it, ch- it does change strategy if you're negatively marking everything. So, are we ready? Yeah. Oh, fine. Whatever. Right. Lock those answers in. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh. Question number one. The halfback for the Brumbies in 2001. I'll let him answer this. Child's play. Uh, Greg and Larkham. Greg and Larkham. Is correct. Two points each. I've got my screen so I can show, Hookers, you, I can show yeah. you, Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Hookers for Prem. Go on, JB. You do one. Nick Dolly. Incorrect. Oh, no. I have Nick Dolly you have my Nick guesses. Dolly. Oh, incorrect. Uh, another one, Jay. Singleton. Oh, that's a good... That's a great shout because yeah. he lost his driving mall. I did not put Singleton. Incorrect. Is it? What? <laughs> it what, is. Was your, what was your third one? Jamie George. That's. I think that's incorrect. He hasn't played nothing. Yeah, game, I think that's in You've not got it, Jimmy George. Sam Matavesi and George, George McGuigan. So, yeah, those are the two I, I was thinking of. Uh, from those six guesses, you got one point, which and was that's Tim. George McGuigan. Who McGuigan is, is on 15. 15. Shit. Who, uh, did you see the moment? You, you, well, oh, you seen, yeah, you saw yeah, the moment. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get on to that later. Um, wow, who, but, was the, who was the other so two then? McGuigan, 15. Montoya? I can't believe you missed. No, Montoya's not up there. Oh, I can't believe you missed Augustine Creevy. Oh man! He scored so many. He yeah, scored fourteen tries. I knew I was missing a really fourteen. Fourteen, wow. yeah. Um, and the last one is the toughest one. Wollstonecroft he scored ten tries. Wow! Yeah, because I think he scored. I think it. he might have scored. Right, move on. A hat trick and a brace. Okay, so uh, well, three so, two. Three two. Yeah. Don't worry. 
<laughs> I've, only got, I've only got two guesses for this next one. Okay. Uh, Tim, do you want to give us your first one, then? Well, I've got, I've got them here, so we, can just well, know, J- we know, JB, Jay, can't, we know yeah. Jay can't cheat, then. Yeah. Harlequins. <laughs> Correct, I've got Harlequins. We have For Andrew Harlequins. Merton's former yeah. clubs, because, yeah, he, they, he got yeah, relegated. Yeah, I've seen with Tim's them. other one, so... Toulon. Which Tim also has. Yeah. Toulon, That's so... That's the only two I have. Breve. Breve is incorrect. Uh, Munton Marsden, something like that? No. It is um, Beziers, uh, not Breve, and Racing 92. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, okay, well, he, and he joined them when they were in uh, Pro Dida, Division 2. 5-4 then. Oh, damn it. Okay, I, 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 think, I think... So I've guessed it was New Zealand that won the Commonwealth Games in 2010. JB, did you have New Zealand? Uh, <laughs> I have gone for the wrong tournaments. Brilliant. <laughs> You've basically... So, well, who did, you, did you, who did you go for? I have gone for the Commonwealth Games when Delalio, Dan Luger, Dawson and Bolshaw all played. Which is, is that was the, the very first Rugby World Cup. Uh, that's like the World early Cup. 90s. Yeah, I, I misheard the question. <laughs> so, uh, well, so, I guess... So JB has... Uh, well, no so, points. So, so 2010 um, Commonwealth Games in India, I guess it was New Zealand that oh, would have won it, it because they won the World Cups around it. And so Correct. I guess Kieran Reid? No. No, I, I know one. Well, let's, let's give Tim. Uh, I only guessed three. Rico yeah. Gear. No, but you're very close. Let's have a look Pause at your other here. one. Uh, Bin Smith. Bin Smith is correct. Is oh, hello. Bin Smith is correct. Jose Gear. Oh. And I think so. There's four of them, right? Three. 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 The other one is I reckon it's like. Hang on. Is it Israel Dag? It's not Daggy. Um. He the, Joe. What's his name? He was playing sevens for, 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 for a little while. No, no, Rob Foco was too uh, too famous at the time. The other one, um, the pod favourite, friend of the pod, Zach Guilford. Oh, oh yeah, I would not have got that one. In, bet- in between wedding receptions, devastated. So that means that puts me two up, six oh. four. So with God. so right, Tim. Let me just have a look at your list so I can. Uh, so you've got. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Right, JB. Well, you can so li- one, list two, them out. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. eight. I've got. I've got eight as well. Right. Ooh. So negative marking can mean. Okay. It could be. This could be okay. a sixteen-point swing with negative marking. Well, let's, here. let's really hope so. Eh? Let's really <laughs> right. hope so. so. So, JB, you, sh- you, you say yours, and I'll say if I've got the same one. Yeah. Phil's already seen my list. So the easy one is. Brighton. Uh, that's the first one I put down. Brighton is correct. Is Brighton? Uh, he's had lots of names, but Amex Stadium, yeah. as it's called now. Second one is Man City. Uh, I put Etihad, but it was yeah, it was thing. at the time it wouldn't have been the Etihad, would it? But whatever uh, it was, probably twenty fifteen. Yeah, 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 it probably was still the Etihad then. As long as oh, it's maybe, owned yeah. by very rich Middle Eastern men, it's been the Etihad, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. owned by very rich Middle Eastern men at the time. Correct. Olympic Stadium. Uh, I've got Olympic Stadium. No, right this is a disaster. Olympic Stadium is correct. Okay. <sighs> okay, I'm nervous now. Villa Park. Villa Park. No! There. Villa Park. I've got that one. Yeah. Is, is that right? Oh, I, don't, I don't care. As long as you're the same as JB, I'm happy. Is correct. So you've got f- four and four, but there could still be an eight point swing on the last four. <laughs> Wembley. 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 I've got that written down. Is correct. Newcastle. As in uh, St. James's, James's Park. I've got that written down. St. James. So we need a. F- I've only got one more. So I, let me. Uh, oh, that's uh, that. That is six we've had there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. maybe I've I've deleted, well, I deleted. I might have deleted one that I've. Oh no, no, no! I've got another one. I, I, yeah, there's another one that we haven't said that I've written down. I've just written it down again. Okay. They're the two that I've got left. <sighs> yeah. Anfield. I don't have Anfield. 
Anfield is minus one. No! Oh. Wales well, have played at Anfield, though, which really um, upsets me. Oh, in there, in the 1990. Oh, no. Yeah, when they built the Millennium Stadium, they played at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, but not in a World Cup. It's over for me. And the last one is Nottingham Forest. I went so, for that. County Ground, Nottingham Forest. No. Don't, no. Have, don't have County Ground no. as well. So. So, okay. so where were the Midland your ones? Fi- your final one. I suppose Tim? they must have used like Welford Road in have, Northampton. Oh. I've got uh, the only other one I had is Ellen Road. I was just kind of thinking, oh, where I would I, where would I put, out. where would I put it if I, I'd, which, I'd have one in Yorkshire? Which Ellen Road is correct? Oh. And I'll give you one more as a bonus: the old Leicester Stadium. The oh yeah, well, it's Walker what, not, Bowl or whatever it's called. What, yeah, current current Leicester Stadium, K- King Power. Walker's King, King Power. Power. Yeah, yeah, as it's called now, yeah. as I think it, uh, it might have been called Walker's in twenty fifteen. God, I hate my life. So, damn it! You missed you missed a couple of tough ones. Um, uh, you've missed let's, let's say three tough ones and one unbelievably easy one. Tottenham, not Tottenham. Tottenham's only just been built. Yeah, Arsenal. Nope. Hold on. Uh, so a non-rugby stadium, non-rugby um, Premiership ground stadium. Hold on. Who's in the championship? Oh, uh, Old Trafford. Nope. Who's in the championship? Uh, oh, so he's not. These are oh, right. so the, the, I'm counting the Premiership thirteen. They're playing like oh it, Twickenham, Twickenham. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so you missed Twickenham. Uh, you missed. Let's go down here. So you got Wembley. You got Olympic Park. You got St James. You got Villa Park. Etihad. You got Ellen Road. You got King Power. You got at the end Brighton. You got. You missed uh, Stadium MK for oh. Milking Dons. Uh, and the last two are tough. So all those other ones were, were in 2015. Um, in 1999, there was uh, one game. I think like it was Wrexham or something like that. Wrexham well, played in Wales, oh, technically. Yeah, Wrexham's in Wales. Wrexham like is Doncaster. in Wales. No, but you're close geographically. Rotherham. No, a uh, bit, bit further west. Uh, Hull. That's that's east. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Other west. The other west. Um, McAlpine Stadium, Huddersfield, ah. in '99, and the, by far the toughest one, um, which is also geographically c- close. Which even me telling you, it's in, I think it's West Riding of Yorkshire. It's certainly in West Yorkshire. I think it's going. You are going to struggle to get this one. Bradford, so, not Bradford. Keith you've, you've had Ellen there. Road, um, not Headingley. Wait, um, wait for it. Wait for it. Not Huddersfield. Uh, the jungle, which is the jungle, Castlefield, 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 not Castlefield, not Castlefield. Um, I can't speak. Uh, Wakefield, not Wakefield. Smaller ground, smaller ground than Wakefield. Smaller ground than Wakefield. I'm pretty sure it's a smaller ground than Wakefield. It's, uh, and it is a rugby union ground. What? Oh, oh no! I was going to say. Um, Hosted a game in 1991. Lee Headingley. Not Headingley. Uh, Got no idea. Otley. Really? Otley hosted a World Cup game in 1991. Wow. Incredible scenes. So there well, you go. Cocker wins, I think, uh, by my scores, 12 8. Yeah, well, only because you asked the, the wrong question. If you asked the right question <laughs> about the England team winning the sevens, I'd have <laughs> <smashed it. laughs> If you listen to the question. I, I, I think I can name the whole of that England team that won the 91. Uh, the first Rugby World Cup it was Rodbert Delalio Sheesby and uh, you had oh who was that there was that there was that lad who played I think he played for Otley he was a scrum half he played for Otley he had he had uh, he had a beard and a skinhead um, 
hipster before his time. Um, Retired to become a barista. I can't, I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was um, in the backs. There was Hopley. I want to say uh, Andrew Harriman was the well fly, was the flyer on the wing. <laughs> I'm trying to find it now. When sevens was played like miniature fifteens, basically yeah. back yeah, in yeah, the yeah. day. I was on a I was on a rugby tour, like under under elevens or under. 12 rugby tour and we were in a cat we were and that was on that weekend so we were watching it do you know remember it well when you watch 15s now and you know compared to 1990s it just looks so amateurish they just don't have a clue what they're doing they're all over the show anything pre-line out lifting yeah i mean it does look like a lottery awful, right but i bet if you watch sevens from like back in the day it's even worse I well bet. they used to put on bbc used to put on the melrose sevens every mm. year they yeah. used to have that on I can imagine sevens just being absolute garbage, like <laughs> playing basically miniature fifteens. Was it the seven? And it was in that Melrose Sevens tournament that had one of the funniest uh, rugby moments when Will Carling playing for Harlequins. Uh, oh yeah, I remember trotted this. Trotted in for a try, started showboating with the crowd a little bit, and then someone from I think London Scottish I was ran in and came reason. and picked him up and carried him over the dead ball line. For some reason, <laughs> I've got that ingrained in my Serves head. That right. was Daryl Lockheed for Tigers. I'm sure it's not. I remember it as being London Scottish, but it, you're probably know. almost certainly right. But I, I actually remember that. That's the highlight really... of my week when I was a kid, when I was like really young, was rugby special on a Sunday evening, and you never got TV listings and it would generally be on at like half six after Ski Sunday. Oh. But occasionally, it, occasionally for, for no reason and without any advertisement because there was no, there was no TV guides and stuff, it just wouldn't be on and I was crushed. Well, hang on, before we get on to the, to the Premiership this, this weekend, I want to mention another podcast. I listened to Rugby Union Weekly this week and they had Tom Wood on being interviewed by Hugo Monia. Okay. It is one of the coolest interviews that you'll that, that you'll hear. Tom Wood is a very cool dude. Tom Wood is ace. Tom Wood like for- was, Tom, was Tom Wood just like awesome because it's sometimes like when um, I'm just uh, like I I've in my other job I've been lucky enough to interview like Noel Gallagher a couple of times. I've mm. said this before. Yeah. yeah. Like I take no credit for the fact that it was a hilarious interview because basically just give that man a microphone. Was it just like that? Tom Wood is just a it was cool just guy. So refreshing and honest because I think a lot of players say what they think they're meant to say. And I'm not even sure that they mean it in like, I don't think it's like deliberately. I don't think they think, oh, I actually think something else, but I must say this thing. Tom Wood has clearly thought about a lot of things and when he speaks it is so honest so the two bits which stood out for me one which I love because I've had this argument with a rugby administrator before which was when they asked uh, Wood what advice would you give your 21 year old self he says don't have another plan everyone talks about having a plan in rugby for when it all finishes but if you have another plan you're not focused on the one thing which you need to be which is a professional rugby player so if you've got spare time go and practice kicking or catching or whatever it is don't go and do you know your business degree yet because you're not ready maybe when you're 28 go and do your business degree but if you want to be success successful in rugby go and just concentrate fully on rugby and it reminds me i was speaking to i'll 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 drop i'll I will drop a name because it's pertinent. Someone like Carl Ferns has never wanted to be anything else other than a rugby player. You ask him, what would you be if you weren't a rugby player? He's like, I don't know. I've always wanted to be a mm. rugby player. And there's a school of thought in rugby now, which is, oh, we've got to get the players all in and higher education and doing degrees and whatnot. I definitely understand it. I definitely think there is something to that. But I also think 
what you really want is highly, highly committed players. And I think in a world of salary caps, which we should talk about uh, later, actually, the amount of players this week in the Premiership who have seen their last game for their club and probably any Premiership club... Mm because of the squeeze on the salary cap, you've got to be so committed to make it as a professional rib player now. But then the, Great the, advice. The, well, the flip side of that, though, is there will be lots of players who will be retiring younger and younger and younger. Yeah. And you might, there will be lots of guys who leave the game permanently at 24 well, and 25, that, and they, they won't get the opportunity to have a 15, 18-year career like Tom Wood. And yeah. when they leave... Well, <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess the balance here is, actually, if, if you want to go for it, and it's probably good advice for anyone doing anything. Be single-minded, be driven, go for it. Mm. And you can pivot at some point and knowing when to, not cut your losses, but knowing when to pivot or expand mm. your horizons is, is an important part. But you're, when, the, when, when it's such a competitive thing to do and the gap between exceptional and really good is so small... Mm. That actually, yeah, when you're young, yeah, being having that mindset, he did, he did it, caveat it with as you get older, do something else. Yeah. But yeah, as he said, the, I have my plan A, and if that fails, I've got a second plan A. But I don't have a plan B. I'm not working on a plan B, which is completely co- counter to everything else which pe- people talk about. Yeah, I just my, my concern with that will be there are there will be more and more people going out of the game younger and younger at the moment. Yeah. Well, I, I guess your other part of plan A is don't spend your money. Well, you know, or get um, incredible financial advice from Bidmore, 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 and Bidmore. Yes, Bidmore go for incredible financial <laughs> bid, advice. Bidmore, Bidmore. What's the to the power four? Yes, yeah, Bidmore cubed. No, that's uh, three. That's three. Bidmore. I, I don't know that. They need to have a catchy word for to the power four. That yeah. isn't to the power what four. What is quad. the power four? Quad. Right, Bidmore yeah. quad. Yeah, fine. Um, Terrifying and, thought. And the other part which I loved was Tom Wood saying, and I quote now, even though he said, "I hope no one quotes that." Rugby, I'm getting at the right time because rugby's going downhill. And what he meant by that is the things that he was good at are being regulated out of the game. So a little cheap shot here or <laughs> you know, the physicality. And I thought, again, it's a really good point. And it's a lovely contrast because he's been interviewed by Ugo Monia, who is Mr. Company Line. You know, mm. whatever the current thing is uh, in rugby, you know, whether it be must, must make this safer or must make that safer, safety first and foremost. And my view on that is yes there are obviously limits but rugby has to have its own unique limits which are much more expanded than the real world or else you know what is the point in it and he made the point that well Tom Wood made the point that it's just all going away now so if you're that kind of player you've kind of been regulated out of the game there's not a space there's not a space for you now it's an interesting debate because I'm not a tough player and I play amateur rugby and I don't know if I would have played in the free-for-all, which happened even five years before I became a senior. I'm not sure I wanted to get punched in the face that much, to be honest. I uh, Well, I, I did play at a reasonable level in that in that time, and I used to love it. You do love it, to be fair. I used to love when you get those, the, the big, long stud marks right down your back. I, I did <laughs> like you've that. Been raked. I, I did like to, that. Because well, you get that sort of raised... You get the get those red raised um, tram lines down your back. I used to quite like that. Wearing yeah. a white shirt on yeah. Monday morning and yeah. a little bit of What's that? blood oh, no. blood trickling yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you've lost that in you. And getting a get, you know, and getting into a dust up and having a black eye. But, it, it just was, it was just cool. <laughs> the reaction from Mugo was really quite telling, which was he said something like, "Oh what you want?" And it was literally like this. What oh what you want rugby to go back to the dark old days just so you could enjoy. What you do. Uh, and I guess what he meant is, 
you know, you need to move the game away from this because it's a little bit exclusive and, you know, if everyone's fighting, it's going to be a more... Well, it's not going to be a game which can, um, uh, re- like, like, re- like, recreate itself. But on the other hand, I kind of thought, well, no, the, the whole point is we do things a little bit outside of the realms of, you know, the you know the HR department. So I'm kind of still a bit torn on that. I do think the game is better, actually, for being strict with violence. Although I do also say it is a shame it's all it's not there and you can't have it both ways. I, what I like, which is the same as a pl- when I was a player, I like if someone does something wrong, I, as in something a little bit illegal off the ball, the best way to get them back is to do it legally. Yeah. Is to absolutely smash them within the laws of the game, and it does because then you, you can do you can do whatever you want as long as it's legal. Yeah, I, I, the rule, the laws as they are now do rob you of that the, the chance to really get your own back on some on someone legally because they're off the field. What do you mean? So oh, is in well, yeah, if someone gets a red card or a yellow card, yeah, yeah, yeah. It but is, if, if they don't, yeah. if it's just a little bit of niggle, like there was the. I mean, the, I don't know if you saw the. Well, you, obviously, you did, Tim. The, the Peterson yellow card, which that did feel a bit soft. That that yellow so, card. So did the red card in that game. But we'll get we'll get onto yeah. that. But, yeah. Um, but uh, I, just what you just said, Phil, is I, I've lost count of the number of times over the last year I've said it to a, a load of fourteen-year-old lads mm. who have the, the hormones raging. Rugby's a brilliant outlet for them because it's a way yep. they can channel it. And when they get frustrated because they feel like they're wronged, being able to say to them, "Hey." great thing about rugby is you can go out and all this frustration you're feeling right now go and take it out in the next tackle obviously you coach them the legal Legally, way and some yeah. people would think I'm, all the illegal what way. I'm saying is uh, you know out of order but that's the point of rugby it is the point of rugby it is, yeah, that yeah. is the point of rugby so being able yeah. to say to 14 year old lads that are just wound up yeah. and need this outlet say put it into the next tackle this you is, do and watching them go out and wipe someone out legally this is, is exactly why people with strange bo- body shapes and neck beards that run blogs will never understand they will just never understand that aspect. But yeah, you are you are you're absolutely right. Is it true that Broughton Park and the Fourteens are the only team in the league with a ninety-nine call? <laughs> no, absolutely have you been not. Passing that, have you? Absolutely not. We've played. I'm not going to name the team we played, but there is a team that we've played who the coaches were on the sideline just Burnage saying, again, like, "Is it smash him, get him, go on, hit, hit him?" It's like, <laughs> yeah, I, and I've said, to, I've said to. By the way, it wasn't Burnish. It was I've said joke. to a few. Yeah, it was a joke. I've said to a few coaches this year. Man, come on, you can't say that. You can, you can't you can't do that. So no. Yeah, some parents smash him. Some no, this parents, is coaches, not even parents. Yeah, there's often a crossover. But yeah. yes, yeah, some coaches' parents in football. Football's probably worse for it. Don't yeah, well, yeah, because there's no outlet to actually do it. Yeah, yeah, you can't do smash it. Smash him. How? Football's a pretty much a non-contact sport. Yeah. Coming together of two players, shoulder to shoulder. Well, what else would you shout? Outskill him. <laughs> no, actually, as a coach, JB, my job is done when the boys cross the whitewash and I wait until half-time when there's an appropriate point to have a word and then, then I will give some constructive feedback. Is that just... Concise, is that, constructive yeah. Is feedback. that because you can't throw water bottles far, far enough? <laughs> no, honestly, I, I, it's a good test for... Going to watch um, a sport, not even kids, whether you're coaching or whatever, and actually being disciplined enough not to shout mm-hmm. not to and just to be positive and just do encouragement and also stand back and leave the guys at it it's really hard but i but it's i've got better at it through the season but i i feel all the feelings but actually not letting them come out it's, it's a really yeah, good it's that, a really good skill to learn i, I bet it and is. develop and you're we're, we're always learning and even at you know the age i'm at now i'm still so having to develop that so 
the, the problem I'd have with coaching kids is I don't think there's anywhere to escape. If they ask you a question and you don't know the answer and you say, I don't know... The team goes out there not knowing. You never say. You never say don't know. Of you course say, not. You say. You, you just say. You go. Um, what What do you think? Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. So with adults, my go, inner tennis coach. Yeah. Like what What do you guys think? And I have three options. Go. I think that. <laughs> and I, okay, we'll go with that. Okay. So if, if I don't know, but kids don't actually know. Or some maybe they do. Maybe they do. But in adult rugby, you're lucky enough to play with guys from all over the country who have come together, and one of them will know the answer. But with kids, it's like, uh, which... Uh. Can you imagine coaching JB as a kid? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be a tough gig. I was very, very quiet as a kid. Very, very quiet. So Until, I, until I, what age? I was easy to coach. So what, about 17, 16, 17? 25-ish, I'd say. No, really? I met you before yeah, you were 25. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. You were, not as, quite, you were not quite as, as, as a player, I, I didn't... I okay. Didn't, I didn't, as a player, didn't maybe. Say, didn't say a thing. Okay. Right. As we've not mentioned Premiership... Yeah, we, we are. We, we're one ra- hour six. Yeah, we're wrapping this one up, and we'll, we'll do a completely Premiership focused podcast because this is uh, this is kind of everything else, and it feels a bit unfair as a predominantly Premiership focused podcast to start talking about that over an hour in. So, thank you for listening. Um, you can find us. We can find him at JB More. You can find us at Rugby Podcast uh, on Twitter. We're contactedchasers at gmail dot com. I've got a few emails to get through actually, which I'll, I'll do in the in the next podcast uh, we're patreon.com forward slash egg chasers don't forget to email us if you want to come and join us at North Dorset 7 other than that let the boys play let the boys play here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.